season five. What a doozy. When, when you talk about real political shows, you don't often think about uh, gang dramas that are set in uh, Birmingham, UK, but here we go. Welcome in to By Order of the Peaky Blinders. This is a podcast that usually dives in episode by episode of our favorite show, Peaky Blinders, but today we are overviewing and recapping season five as... We went instant reaction, something new, watching it as the show was live. So now, here we are. Welcome in. It's the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And I'm Josh Levy. We're excited. This is this is this is new new territory for us. I mean, we're 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 as caught up as possible. Uh we're gonna give you a nice little season five recap, but uh this there's there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think the the main storyline of season five after it's all said and done josh i think there could be an argument between two of them and it's obviously whether it's the the tommy shelby versus oswald mosley storyline or the michael gray versus the shelby family storyline because the two of them one of them was led into perfectly at the end of season four when polly and tommy made an you know a deal to try to test michael's loyalty to the family he did not pass it he didn't. He didn't warn Tommy about the deal, quote unquote, that that Polly made with uh, Luca Changretta. So now shipping Michael out to America and Black Monday hits. Oh yeah. And so that's when we open up, and it's just it's just, it's just so interesting to think about how that one event shapes this entire season. And so we can talk first about like the big ones, and then we can figure out we'll go character by character and where they stand whether they're alive or not at the end of season five, whether they should have been dead. Speaking of Linda. Or maybe uh, shouldn't have been dead. We're talking about you, Abarama. We're we're we are we are a podcast that since there wasn't a lot of Johnny Dogs this season, we're we're big we're big uh, Aiden Gillen fans. Abarama Gold. It's we're gonna miss him a lot. Our good friend Abe, as we like to call him. We're we're on a we're, we're on an Abe basis with uh basis with him. But yeah, I mean he we thought he was gonna be super important in, in the fold in the show, and he was. I did not expect him to go out the way he did. So abruptly, so many stabs at the end of the season. Didn't you count? Didn't you have a you had a precise number on it? I did. So what what we did is we went through every single episode of season five on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash by order of peaky. It costs five dollars a month. It's bonus content where Josh and I use spoilers to go through and do a full season five rewatch after we did the first four seasons right here on Apple, on Spotify, on Facebook, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's facebook.com slash peaky podcast or on Twitter at by order of peaky. Poor Abarama. Right when I started to remember how to spell his name and say his name, he got stabbed 21 times. In the season finale. So unnecessary. Poor poor Abe Gold. He lost Bonnie this season too. We almost forget, you know, that we he lost his son Bonnie early on in the season. So it was definitely a rough go around for uh Mr. Abe Gold slash Mr. Littlefinger slash Mr. He will always be Littlefinger in my eye. But he he'll be Littlefinger, but I, I did see the wire first. That so is true. I'll always have that that impiction of him for me. But I mean, the one thing that I want to point out about this season is just Piggybacking off what you said about the two main storylines on Tommy's foes and Tommy's, you know, 
well, I guess Michael's not his foe, but I guess he is kind of his foe. I think he's about to be. But it's it's very unparalleled to other seasons where Tommy has one foe. You know, the Chingretta season, you know, the priest seasons, the, the priest slash like Section D Economic League season. Then, slash Russians. Right. And then you have the uh, Inspector Campbell Inspector season. Inspector Campbell, and then, yeah. I mean, I guess season two was, was, was a carryover of season one of Inspector Campbell slash Sabini slash... Yeah, Sabini, Sabini and... Alfie turning on him. <laughs> but you never have the two different storylines going in two different directions. They kind of all like join in one and they kind of they kind of intertwine a little bit, but the Michael Gina storyline or so we think, so we think doesn't intertwine. I don't know, but it could. But it could and, it, and it could. I think that's a I think that's one of the biggest question marks leading into season 6, leaving off season 5 is is Gina involved with Oswald Mosley in some way? And we've discussed, you think it's a red herring? I don't know. Well, I'll say I I think that they are they are connected, but I don't think it was Oswald who was having sex with Gina in the season finale right before his big speech. But the one thing that's a little disappointing in in I love having all these plot webs out, but when we just sit here right now in the season recap, Josh, and I tell you what changed between the first minute of this season and the last minute of this season? Not a good sign. Not much. Not much really progressed because the Billy sign. Boys, the Billy Boys storyline didn't go anywhere. They ended up joining forces with Tommy. So I'll tell you right now, the season started with Tommy right off the heels of being an elected member of Parliament. He's in Parliament. He gets approached by a fascist leader. He tries to undercut said fascist leader and spy on him but someone finds out someone kills ben younger the father of ada's upcoming baby and tommy has a plan to work with winston churchill to kill oswald mosley but then once again someone breaks through there was a leak somewhere whether it was billy who called someone to find out about it or or whether that in itself josh was a red herring all right, so I've done a little bit of research here. I'll, and, and for those of you who don't really remember the end, it ends with Barney getting broken out of the insane asylum, someone that Tommy and, and Arthur knew from the war, and then Barney getting shot in the head just before, two seconds away, two apple crumbles away from him shooting Oswald in the head. And then Tommy escapes with Arthur, and then the season ends with Tommy pointing a gun at his head, looking at Grace, who's been all season basically a ghost, like trying to encourage him to kill himself which is a very interesting parallel to his mom who committed suicide who heard voices and then this, this the episode and the season ends with tommy just yelling in a black horse in the background but josh i've done a little bit of research and hey, there was one there was one more theory out there that i, I i'm low-key a fan of Okay, I, I'm ready for this. I, I haven't I haven't heard you say this one. This no, is a brand guys, new I haven't one. even I haven't told Josh this. I did. I to be honest, we Josh and I don't like to read other other people's opinions about this show before we do the episodes. We right. like to go right off right off of our own you know intellectual property. But this is a good one. This is from Entertainment Weekly and the recap of the season. All right, what if Billy didn't actually warn anyone about? Oswald Mosley. What if instead the plan from the beginning was just that Gina was going to intervene and tell Oswald about this plan that she knew about? Because right when Michael gave Tommy the plan A proposal, she threw it away and she said, time for time for option two. What if option two was just to, to intervene in the assassination of Oswald Mosley that Gina and Michael did know about? 
That's a that's an interesting take. Except, what would be the point of Billy just to be a red herring? Yeah, I mean that's not implausible at all, and I I mean it makes a lot of sense because we we've been asking what the hell is that Plan B, you know? We've been asking what could it possibly be, what could it possibly be, and so that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was fully, I was one hundred percent that Billy was the black cat when the season ended. In our instant reactions that you guys can catch right here on wherever you listen to our podcasts. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that's too simple. I also think that there would be more like outrage towards Tommy like at the end of that episode. You know, kind of like not just like he's walking away. Like if Oswald Mosley that he had these grand plans to assassinate him, I don't think that they'd be that he'd be talking to him in the way that he did. Obviously, he wanted him to get to the point where he thought he was going to carry it out and kind of kind of like crush his hopes and dreams. But there was too. It, it was it was almost as if Oswald was too calm towards Tommy at the end there. Yeah, I just feel like Oswald's a sociopath, psychopath, all of the above. And at the end of the day, he's just playing the very long game with Tommy. I also think that the killing of Ben Younger was ordered by Section D, who also planted Mickey into the bar. Mickey had to be killed by Tommy when he found out that he was the one that spoiled. There was there's a lot. I mean, we also there was also the plot this season that never got answered about the brilliant Chang, the Asian guy, the Chinatown man, who basically blackmailed the Shelbys into delivering opium for him that he broke out. And then when they went to go pick it up at London, Brilliant Chang was shot and there was a big raid by the Titanic gang, another, you know, Razor Street gang. And that was also Mickey who spoiled that one. But we don't, there's a lot of open cloths. The, the, the spider webs have not all been sewn up leading into season six. And that's why Stephen Knight, Anthony Byrne have said publicly that it's part two of, of two. This was part one. And so it's hard for us to really grasp this entire season without seeing season six. And so for those of you listening a year in the future, I can't wait to hear what uh, what season six has, has to offer. Because could, could Gina's family be the Capones? Could Gina's family be the Rockefellers? Could they be someone of real significance? Because I feel like with the way that Stephen Knight's been going, they have to be someone that's, that's a, a brand name. Because that's what he's, he's, he's done. They've been dropping brand names. Oswald Mosley's real. Jesse Eden's real. Winston Churchill's obviously real. So I feel like someone in America is going to come in next season. Maybe it's Capone. We know that Tommy has a relationship with Alphonse from the end of season four, helping out with Luca. Maybe it's a Changretta. Maybe it's it's someone allied with Changretta that's still, you know, crawling around in New York. I don't know. It's definitely a big question mark. It's something that I'm really excited to get a lot more clarity in is who the hell is Gina's family? Why is she so important? Where did she get this... This, this attitude from this cockiness, I guess, if you will, um, it definitely stems from her family. And she's, you know, she has experience in dealing narcotics, Michael says, that Gina's family has experience in. So if I had to guess, it would be the Capones, like a, a family of that nature, some mob family. I'm not, I'm personally, I'm not too familiar with the Rockefeller with like what that family entails. I know that it's a big name. I know that like they run New York, so that would make a lot of sense. But I don't know what they did, what their story is. But it's definitely a fa- it's just a, definitely a badass family that has bad intentions and wants to do bad things to bad people or to good people. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting because it's like this show, and and it's a trope in shows. It's just it's just a known thing that the first character that we see as an audience, we start to root for, and so we obviously root for Tommy Shelby. But if they make Gina's family likable, then it'd be interesting if there's the first likable villain because we have not had a villain 
If you, I can't call Alfie. By the way, guys, Alfie's alive. It was awesome. Season five, episode yeah. six was great with Alfie showing up for a minute in Margate. Right. So he's gonna be on the he's gonna be on the on the chessboard, but we didn't really get too much of him except for his premonition that Tommy would would in fact you know shoot himself in the head in front of a black horse, which was wild. But we we, we have not had a likable villain in this show, De- and I'm kind of game for that. We ha- we definitely haven't, and I mean. So many people in Game of Thrones loved Cersei Lannister, loved oh, her. I did not. I know, I know, but there's so many people that just loved her because she was such a great character. And, like, although we have, I mean, like, Luca Changreta was the villain that, like, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy's scared. I didn't like him. I didn't like him yeah, at all. Yeah, no, but he, he was kind of cool. He was yeah, cool. but there's definitely, like, some of those people that love the bad characters because they're done so well. And I'm waiting to see if we get that, that character that everyone that everyone loves because it's done so well. I mean, a lot of the characters were done very well, a lot of the villains. I mean, I hated the priest. I mean, I hated Chester Campbell. I did I, I hated Luca because of what what happened to Grace. I was so fucking pissed off about that, but that wasn't even yeah. solely Luca. That was, was Angel. Angel. Exactly. And, and Vincente and all those, and and all those people. We know Josh's opinion of Sabini. Oh my god. That guy is just that guy that guy sucks. He's just so I will I'll say that Oswald Mosley has the potential of being a fantastic villain next season. He, he continues to grow the way he is. He, it's been awesome. He is just like it's just like annoying though his like ideologies and like how like we, he's just weird as shit in my opinion. And I don't like that. And but Sam but Sam Cleveland does does a phenomenal job of portraying Oswald Mosley, who's a real life character and seems to be that he's playing it the perfect way. So it's interesting to see how that's going to progress next season as well. All right, let's go character by character here, and this will help out a lot, you know, sewing up the the mini plots, because we just went over the broad ones for those of you that are either, you know, binging and trying to get a recap or just haven't seen in a while and want to re-dive into the Peaky Blinders world, so that's what we're here for. All right, we could, let, let's, go, let's go minimal to major and start with Linda, where Linda lies in the beginning of the season with the opening scene of Linda showing her trying to help Arthur rise to the top as chairman of the board of, you know, the uh, the Shelby Company Limited. And by the end, she runs away, starts talking to these, uh, what are they, what are they called? Quakers. Yeah, Quakers. And, and then, and then Arthur finds out because Lizzie kind of tells on her to, to Tommy, thinking Tommy won't tell Arthur, but Tommy loves to send his little rabid dog out and make sure that he, you know, constantly is getting some work in a little practice. And so Arthur nearly kills him, which is maybe once a season, we should go back and see, is there one a season that Arthur nearly kills? Cause I could think of three of the five off the top of my head. He's, as we said, he's really good at not killing people. He's really, really, really good at it. And, and, and that whole letter scene with, with Linda and Lizzie, we can kind of combine them here because Lizzie doesn't, I mean, yeah. Lizzie has, I mean, but it, that's like one of my favorite lines of the season is when Lizzie is trying to convince Tommy to write a letter. And he's like, you want me to write a letter? He's like, you want to know why I've written a letter? Because they haven't invented the fucking words. And I'm like, boom, yep. that's right. And like Lizzie kind of was like, shit, all right, I should, just, I should shut up. No, exactly. It's a commentary into PTSD yeah. and how it's hard to explain. But what eventually happens is Linda and Lizzie both want a divorce, but they go separate ways. Lizzie comes to the recollection while she's on the phone with the divorce lawyer that she signed up for this life. She went from, you know, shagging eight to ten guys a day to learning how to ride a, a horse saddle, um, whatever whatever her phrase was, saddle side. Yeah, yeah. 
whatever. I'm not a horse person, but she was like, yeah. So she she signs up for it. She tells Tommy that she'll play his game as long as he doesn't fuck someone within a day of, of touching his child and her child. Because now we're at the point where Tommy's got one kid with Lizzie and one kid from the Grace marriage. And Ruby is Lizzie's kid, but... We don't really we don't see Lizzie at all in the season finale. There's not a lot of Linda either after she gets shot by uh, Polly, and so Linda kind of I, I would I don't think we'll ever see Linda again. She left and Thank God. even Arthur was like fuck Linda. Yeah, I'm so so happy to be done with that. Which is funny because because I just started The Crown and she's oh you did I did I started it. I started it I, I'm 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 two episodes in and Linda is in the damn show and I'm like fuck <laughs> yeah I don't remember Linda in the show. She's probably, I mean, I'm a, she's a very minor character, but she's, like, early okay. on. She's, like, helping out with, like, taking care of Churchill. And he's just, like, super, like, he, like she's, I don't know if you remember very early on in the show when he's taking a bath and he, like, overflows the water. Yes, like, yeah, out. yeah. I remember. Yeah. She's his aide. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's a great show. Fantastic great show, show. The Crown. Show. Josh and I, at the end of the month, we're here in December 2019, Josh and I are going to meet up in person and do a top 10 shows of 2019. So for all of you diehard TV show watchers like myself, like Josh, you guys want to con- you know make your own list. Maybe we'll read your list or a few options that we- that didn't make our list. Maybe honorable mentions that you guys can send in. So any feedback can be sent in either you know commented right here on our on our Facebook posts or emailed to us at bootpkeyblinders at gmail.com. Top ten shows of the year. And to keep things fresh, I made mine. I did not put Peaky Blinders on it. Just because I want to, to think of other shows, other other ten shows that it's a given that Peaky Blinders is has my heart. So you know, Linda, The Crown, The Crown. We'll see. Season three was interesting. All new characters. But let's let's lead that right into our conversation, and and we can mold together Polly and Abarama because the two of mm-hmm. them are engaged to be wed. But unfortunately, Abarama says goodbye. Polly ends the season quitting Tommy and possibly joining Michael. We'll find out then. But we've, I've been off on Polly since she screwed over the only person that she loves more than anyone, and that's supposed to be her son. And she screwed him last season, and this whole season has been a bit of a wash for me with Polly. I, I don't know. I don't really know what she – she didn't really progress much in my mind this season. She sucked again. She was annoying. We still don't know, like, what her true intentions are. She's just a nothing character at this point, in my opinion. I mean, like, she – just like think about her progression from the first season to now, where we were like, we hear all these stories of heroism of how she she basically ran the family while everyone was away at war. She was the matriarch of the family because you know she basically was like a mother to 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 Tommy, Arthur, and John. And it's just like she's like she's declined so much in her character arc, declined so much in how much we actually like her. We love, we were big Polly stands like season one, season two, yeah. And then it just went downhill. Like think about you know. We were we were really pulling for her in the whole in the whole uh, Campbell saga with her when she got taken advantage of, which was and then terrible. she got her revenge and she got revenge and whatnot. But she just like has gone downhill, honestly, ever since Michael came into the fold when he became a, a main character in the show. And so, I mean, this season she's she's she has the union with Abe. She's she quits the last episode. Apparently, we think we don't know. Probably not. She's definitely not quitting. Um, no, I think and, she's quitting. I think she's no, gonna join Michael's side. It'll be interesting, but that's kind of basically it for Polly. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that stood out. You know, she celebrated a birthday. She walked barefoot in the mud. <laughs> She's really never been the same since she went to prison and lost her mind. I agree. So that was that's that's it with Polly. Abarama, um, 
lost his son Bonnie, R.I.P. Bonnie. The Billy Boys killed him in the open of the season. Abarama tried the whole season to get his revenge, but then the Billy Boys, we could talk about Jimmy McCavern too here, you know, started off, were they the Angels of Retribution, that opening letter to Tommy with the Scarecrow and all that? Um, we know that they they sent the Scarecrow. They probably were the Angels of Retribution. I think, you know, all of this was just a chess move by by uh, Oswald Mosley just to to add some scare to Tommy, you know, Oswald also ordered the the murdering of that journalist to try to frame Tommy and then cleaned it up nicely to do a favor so that Tommy would owe him one. But Jimmy McCavern, same thing with Polly. It's just like you look at the season and the arc, Jimmy's still alive, but I don't really know what he what he brought to the show except for one great episode of terror where Abarama, you know, pours the tar on the on one of his top lieutenants and then puts the 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 grenade in the in the door and and he's like this is war and then the next episode it's like oh are you reuniting and it's a truce is it, it was a very annoying arc with jimmy i i i re- repeatedly remember early on in the in the live reaction that we posted me saying that he's going to be the most terrifying villain on the show we thought we thought so because he had nothing to lose the Bonnie death was a was a crucifixion to the max. It was like the most vile death that we've seen on this show. Up there, top three, if anything. That was definitely up there with the with the Tommy scooping out Vicente Chingreta's eye. Or, or or his tongue. I don't remember. It was his tongue, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was he, was going tongue. To, he was going to cut out the tongue, but then he just got shot. I think I think the killing of Bonnie was the most surprising murder that we should have seen coming. You know what I mean? Obviously right. we didn't see Grace's murder coming at all. So that was the most surprising same, same John's up there too, but I really didn't think he was going to die. We should have noticed that like, Oh, they're going to clean out Bonnie, but I don't think we saw it coming when they put him up on that cross and then popped him. That was shocking. It was, it was tough, but that was basically Abe's arc. The whole season was avenging that death of Bonnie. I mean, we can talk about Bonnie's death right there in a second. Bonnie, Bonnie started and ended in this season basically there and, Poor Bonnie, RIP the heavy, the uh, the uh, lightweight champion. Yeah, but he knocked down some heavyweights, man. He, he, he took down Goliath. <laughs> he did, he did. But I mean, I guess that's that's it for Abe. So I guess we can move on to the next. Yeah, let's let's pair together um, Michael and Gina. We meet a new character in Gina Gray. Right in the beginning, we think she's just like a whore who's laying on the ground in Detroit. But it turns out that they're you know in love. They get married on the on the ship over from America, and then they get duped into meeting up with. The uh, the IRA and the Billy Boys type thing. It was very odd. Uh, they all get it was like a ploy to try to get Michael more at at odds with Tommy, and that was like the goal of the IRA there, I guess. But at the end of the day, the same kind of thing. I mean, Michael, he got aspirations. He was, you know, he had he had this this woman whispering in his ear that he all these you know signs of grandeur, and then at the end of the day, she wants Tommy gone. She talks about it where, you know, we're going to have a portrait, but you're going to be on the wall. And Michael's going to be like, what's going to happen to Tommy? <laughs> and Gina's like, oh, you, you, you gullible kid. You don't, you're not, you're not, you're, he's just so naive. And then at the very end, Michael comes up with this proposal after Tommy says that if Michael does the opium job, he'll be back in the family. That's not enough for Michael. Michael wants to move their, their drug, you know, selling business to America and start to make billions instead of millions and turn Tommy's name into a, you know, a fake, you know, pseudo name, Mr. Jones, and Tommy's not having any of it, throws it away, and so it's it's gearing up for, for Finn Cole, you know, the actor's name, to just turn into, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. I really don't know what season six is going to have for him. I, it's, it's, the obvious answer is just 
it's going to be Michael versus Tommy. Michael might go to America. Maybe Tommy will follow him or they'll go back with some backup. Or maybe they'll just split up and, and we'll have two separate running, you know, kingpins. And then that could be the show. I'd be game for that, too. This is my least favorite part of the season is like how dumb Michael is. Like he's so smart, but everything he does is so stupid. And it makes sense though because it's blinded by like the Gina love, the the Gina light, you know. Like Gina is basically like using Michael as a puppet to to do to to achieve her ends and achieves her goal, achieve her goals and what she wants. And Michael like lets that get in the way of like what got him there, you know. Tommy is what got him there. Family's what got him there. Got him there. He was he you know at, just a few seasons ago he was a nothing. He was a nobody, and he had to learn from Tommy. And it's kind of annoying that he lost sight of that, and so I, I I didn't like this because, but it but it does make sense if he's blinded by blinded by the genolite, but the whole Mister Jones thing was so so ignorant of him. It was the first oh real mistake God. in my mind, and it would it would it would I don't only, think it, the way that you thought. Go ahead. But it would but it would only make sense if like the the reason for putting that out there was to basically like annoy Tommy, knowing that he'd say no. No, but yeah, but I don't think. I don't. That's probably was Gina's idea, but Michael's probably dumb enough to be. Maybe, maybe Tommy will be on board because I don't think Michael the whole season has been leading towards this. That's it's like a bit of a weird character change for him, but it's it's warranted because the way Tommy treated him. Tommy, every time Michael wanted to be back in it, when you think of it from Michael's perspective, he has to choose between his mom or his like quote unquote you know like boss, someone he's looked up to, like an older brother to him. And so he chooses his mom and it was the wrong move and his mom fucks him over. And from then on, Tommy never gives him a chance to, to work his way back in. And it's just unfair. It's def- it's definitely unfair, but like he needs to understand. First of all, he messed up with the whole stock market bullshit. Like that's his fault. He needs to own yeah, up to Tommy it. Tommy told him to get out too. That's a shame. Right. And it's like, it's like there has been no accountability on Michael's end for, for, for his gaffe. Like that's something that also we haven't really mentioned is like, is he ever going to own up to fucking up? I don't know. I don't know. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's severely messed up. Which so, part? The, the stock market or, or yeah. choosing his mom? Oh. No, no. The 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 stock market, the first yeah. scene of the, sh- of the show and how it sets everything in motion. It's just a typical 21-year-old right. per- like just completely preventing any blame to be on him. Like I wasn't wrong. It, it, everyone else – and for Americans, that was the case. No one was to blame. But when you think about it, imagine if, imagine if you went to – like China and invested in their market and it was a risk, you know, it had to be considered a risk in America. It wasn't considered a risk to be in the stock to, to play the stock market. It was just, it was a guarantee. It was, it's, it's a staple of our society, but for those that are listening in a different country, it's a risk to go somewhere else and gamble. And that's essentially what it is. It's a gamble. And, uh, and, and he, he lost it. And so there were only a couple other major characters that we can talk about. We, we got a little bit, we got a little bit of grace, obviously, in, in ghost form. And I think that whole that whole storyline is just basically her saying that, you know, come join me. You've you've joined you've you've kind of this has been in your your blood, you're hereditary, you're you're a crazy person, join me, kill yourself, all that. And Tommy's thinking about it, but for some reason, why do you think he doesn't do it? I, I wonder why. Why he doesn't pull the trigger? Multiple times. Well he at one point he actually is resigned to his fate. Right after Ben Younger's murder, and he knows he thinks that his car is going to explode, and he presses it anyways. And she says, "You know, press the button and send send you to me." And she, he does it, and 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 yet he doesn't die. So you know, what? I take that back. He actually was he was ready to do it. He was ready to die. It's I mean, he, it's just, just, a, he just won't shoot himself. It's a very hard like decision to make, especially on his end, because like 
he's so so like do I think he's miserable, depressed, and does and would he rather end his fate? Possibly, but he's also so addicted to winning and so addicted to his legacy and so addicted to being on top that I I, I think it's also like a battle with leaving that whole world behind as well. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. And so we could finish off with Oswald Mosley. It, it turns into Oswald Mosley versus Winston Churchill because at the very end we kind of see that Tommy and all of these small characters are just pawns in this major political game of Winston Churchill and now Oswald Mosley has turned into a major political piece and so I have a feeling that a little bit of next season we might get the Michael versus Michael versus uh Tommy but we also might get Winston versus Oswald because at the end Oswald you know talks about Winston Churchill negatively in his speech, his, his Nazi speech and talking about how Winston Churchill has it wrong and he condemned him in the, in the house. Right. So I wonder, I wonder if we'll get that Winston Churchill dinner with, with Tommy's family. Like he, he asks for in the finale. I would love to have that. And I also want to say this, this Winston Churchill, whoever acted this Winston Churchill did a phenomenal job, almost like identical to the Winston Churchill from the crown. Those two episodes that I saw, they sound exactly the same. Yeah. The crown Winston really, Churchill really is definitely good. the best. Yeah kind of talks like this toby shelby but anyways his name in this one is neil maskell he was good he was good but i also do think this is this is intriguing this is intriguing that if gene if the gina oswald rumors theories conspiracies are true we could end up seeing like a michael and tommy versus oswald if like michael finds out that gina and oswald are kind of a thing oh that'll be interesting that would be amazing to kind of bring the whole Michael Tommy thing full circle back to where it started when they're on the same side. They put their differences aside and the only way that Tommy can defeat Oswald is if Michael helps him and Michael will have that extra motivation. So I think there's so many different ways that this Oswald storyline can go. I do think that Oswald eventually will will be defeated by Tommy in some way. I don't know if they're going to change the course of actual history or if he just kind of like exiles him, but it'll be it'll be it'll be really interesting. That's a great prediction. Right. That's that actually was I just thought about right on the fly right now. I was like, you know what, this this makes sense. I'm in for that. I'm in for that. Some minor characters that didn't really progress at all. We you know, we got more of Curly, we got some Johnny Dogs. Johnny Dogs early on in the season was shagging uh Tommy's um maid one, yeah. after he was be- after he was beaten up by uh Abarama in in frustration. We also never figured out how the Billy Boys found out where Gold's camper was. We never will. That's when Tommy kind of will. factored in Another character we could talk about is is the black cat. The, the not <laughs> which was which was nobody. Yeah, we, they talked about it for one full episode and then they never yeah, said the word again. It was like again. a huge theme. It was like someone's coming for my throne, and you know what? You want to know who's coming for the throne is Gina. That's 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 it. Like it is Gina's. Gina might be the black cat of, of the whole show, but we'll we'll find that out. But I I mean I guess we didn't really mention Arthur, but we kind of did. I was gonna I was gonna end it with Arthur and Ada, two two characters who got a lot of bad news in this season whether it was ada who found out that you know the fact that she's just in proximity with tommy is is a a toxic thing and we also found she also we found out she might have known it that her son is a terrible human being that could join oswald mosley's gang soon (laughs) carl (laughs) like a racist sexist anti-semitic piece of anti-social too and arthur we find out that his his devil is only growing stronger and to the point where he is now deflecting blame and saying that he's a good person, but his hands belong to the devil after he nearly kills that Quaker. And aside from that, there was not a lot of there was not a lot of Arthur progression. I will say at the very end, when they kill Mickey, 
Arthur's like, can we stop this, Tommy? Maybe Michael's right. Maybe we are too old for this. Maybe we just need to hand it off to the youngins. So maybe we could get old Arthur going back to the uh, the, the chickens with the eggs. Because we never saw, we didn't see Arthur's kid at all this season. Linda leaves. Did she take her son with her? Is Arthur looking after the son? What the fuck? I would probably have to guess that Linda was taking care of the son, but like whoever the babysitter is of this family deserves a damn award because they're never with them at these. You know, I mean, Linda, Linda, and Arthur had their showdown at at the at the ball at, at the ballet night, and yep. like where was the kid? He was sleeping at home, probably past his bedtime. But uh, no, I mean, we, we can also mention in Arth- that Arthur in this season had that one episode with the, with the, with the Titanic gang with the shootout. The one that we, you and I just yeah, we're in full Rambo. Don't like right, exactly. He kind of and he has his little uh, was what was something that that he quoted? It was it was like from like a different movie. I forgot. Yeah, he quoted uh, was it Scarface? Scarface. Yeah, it was Scarface. Quoted, right. I'm a capable soldier. Right, right, and so it was it was kind of a cringe scene. Honestly, Arthur. I mean, he's same old Arthur, except he's he's really good at not killing people. He finally gets rid of Linda. Uh, he once again calls it right to Tommy's face, like he always does. He's always right. He's always yep. always warns a, him about a, everything. Always a foreshadowing character. So I mean, I think that's basically it with him. And I think we basically covered everything else with all these characters in this season. There's a lot of question marks going into the next season. I would probably say the four most important characters going into the next season are Tommy, Michael, Gina, and Oswald. And I think that we adequately covered all of those very well. Yep. And then you got to just throw in Finn because he just fucked up big time at the end, possibly. And he grew up a little bit this season. Uh, I think, I think Finn started to come into his own in the, in obviously in the very beginning, he tries to get, you know, some working experience in. He yells about how no one in this family is keeping up their reputation. And at the end of the day, Finn is just an idiot. He's an idiot. I mean, he's honestly like, he's, he's losing relevance by the second. I mean, I'm waiting for him to like kill somebody very important, like save the day. And then I'll start to like him. A lot more, but right now he's just a nuisance to the Shelby's. Yeah, we could have a, a murder of Billy Grade coming up next season from Finn. I'm, I'm. What if Finn is the one who like puts the bullet in Oswald's head? I'd be sick. <laughs> I'm in for it. That'd be nice. Any other, any other big predictions, Josh? I think, I think that 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 Gina one is 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 my big prediction, and I and I mean it's not a big prediction. I don't think Tommy's gonna shoot. Tommy's gonna shoot himself. I think that we could really get a a more prominent Alfie role going into next season. Cause we kind of only saw him at the end, but I feel like we might see him as like a therapist to Tommy. Like he's someone that Tommy just likes to get away and like go see, but it's not really a prediction. That's just kind of like a side note. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm fine getting even just a taste of Tom Hardy. Obviously is, is extremely busy schedule does not provide for, for a ton of screen time for him, but I think he's in the making with an, for another show. So obviously he did taboo. Did you ever see it? I did it. So he did Taboo with Stephen Knight. It's it's a it's an interesting show. I I don't really. I heard it's good. It's an interesting show. Um, that's that's what I'll stick with. I think they're making a second season. So I think he's in the middle of of production currently with with Stephen Knight on that show, and I think he's he's signed on as a creator for season two. So yeah, I just yep. I'm looking right now. He they they are have announced the season two for Taboo. So I don't really know because I know that filming just started for season six of Peaky Blinders. I know he's also making the the sequel to Venom, that Marvel show, and they announced that they're going to do a Mad Max uh, sequel. So Tom Hardy, extremely busy. We do know for sure that Sam Cleveland is returning for season six. There was a cool announcement. I talked about that a, a bunch on the Patreon. Josh and I break out a lot of breaking news just for our loyal peaky heads. So just one last time, patreon.com 
slash buy order of Peaky. Just check it out. See if if you like the, the kind of style that we throw at you. We, we posted the season five, episode six, part one to all of you guys for free. And then if you want to listen to part two, you can join. And if you join, you get the backlog, Josh, which is a heck of a deal. You get to listen to all the stuff that we posted in November, all the stuff that was from the beginning of season five. We've done feedback episodes, which we plan on doing for this. If you have any feedback about season six, make sure to just email it to us or comment facebook.com slash peaky podcast on Twitter at by order of peaky. Just make sure subscribe rate and review reviews are cool. We haven't had a review in a while. Josh and I like to look back at those and laugh. So as we, as we wrap up this season five recap, any final words, Josh, my favorite negative review. I was looking back on the other day is the one that just says vapid. That's all it says. Vapid. Yeah. I had to Google what that word meant. (laughs) It's just like, okay, cool. (laughs) Anyways, we love you guys. We're, uh, we, we love putting out content. We love making you guys happy. We love we love all you peaky heads. So thanks for listening, guys. I think the word vapid is vapid. It offers nothing that is stimulating or challenging. It's a dumb word, and it's officially one that I don't like. So that's going to wrap up our episode. Make sure to continue talking about us. That's all we need. I mean, we we are the same as any teenage girl we just want to be talked about we just want people to know about us so if you just tell one person in your upcoming christmas dinner or if you're listening to this in like march or april or may or or easter lunch i don't even know it doesn't matter it's it's podcast world just tell one person about us we are by order of the peaky blinders he's josh levy i'm daniel gilman and we binge so you don't have to